0: Abstract Athlete Podcast, where art and sports collide. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Want everyone to stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com and beginningintoys.com to check out our new product line. If you have any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. And remember to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and the Abstract Veterans Podcast. Really excited about the podcast today as I get to speak with author, speaker, real estate agent, and former distance runner for the University of Oregon, Ben Andrews. Make sure to follow Ben on Instagram at benandrewsor and stop by his website, benandrews.com, and make sure to go pick up his new book, The Long Run. It is available on Amazon. Let's welcome Ben Andrews. Howdy.
1: How's it going
0: today? I am awesome. How are you? I'm
1: good. I'm good. Let me, uh, make sure I'm connected here with my AirPods. Cool.
0: Yeah. Just getting a little level. There we go. I can hear you. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) I don't know if you can hear me, but yeah, I can hear you good. Good. Well, dude, thank you for doing this. Like, uh, it's always awesome for me, and I feel like I'm the lucky one of the business because I get to meet all these new people. And um, our mutual friend, and Spethman, introduced us. And um, doing some research on you is like really cool to like really see all of the things that you have done and are doing. Um, and so I'm kind of excited to kind of get into that. And I know you got a new book out and I want to definitely help promote that. And um, yeah, and just get on into a lot of different things. So again, man, thank you for doing this. Because yeah, again, exactly. like I, it, for me, it's cool. Like, cause I get to, like I said, I get to meet all the people.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> it's
0: just random as shit. And um, right. so, um, but yeah, like I, I guess, you know, I don't know if you looked at what the abstract athlete does. Like we always, we talk a lot about, you know, about physical, um, physical practices, mental health practices, which is creativity for us, uh, you know, but it can be really anything, but like looking at you, like, you know, you fit in perfectly because you have this, you know, pretty big track background, um, where like you ran multiple 1500, 800. Did you run? Yeah mile as well is
1: that i did yeah okay. i ran the mile i ran five k's um i'm gonna move my camera here somehow yeah. in this weird can't escape this damn thing <laughs> um, but yeah i was i was all over the place uh, but mainly mainly middle middle distances
0: okay and you started you started a, a and I, don't, I i couldn't find if it, you still were involved with this or if it's still going on the run faster foundation is that right still- no it's-
1: no longer going.
0: Okay. But that I, I thought that that was like a cool, like, was that kind of an entry point for you in terms of like some, some of your entrepreneurial?
1: Oh, without a doubt. That okay. was the, that's when I became a business person. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> no, that's it. And the like... guy,
1: yeah, I had a guy give me $250,000 to quit my job and. I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. What's the job? I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he was. He really coached me through that process of what, what it is to be a business person. So it was, it was pretty cool that he was, I mean, I, the way I came across him was just crazy to me. So, right.
0: but it's cool. Like for me, like, again, like doing research on you, I mean, you were at Oregon in the early university of Oregon in the early nineties and sorry about our Buckeyes beating you guys a couple of That's years all, right. <laughs> all right sorry um i was actually at that i was actually at that that uh championship game no um, way wow yeah my i my brother-in-law's uh cousin actually used to own box seats at cowboy stadium so i was like wow. literally on the field it was amazing so sorry to get off on a tangent cool. so no nah, um, that's that's
1: fine but it's
0: cool like you know like you were you know kind of at the for me, like when I think about when Nike was starting to like kind of come of age, even though it was a little earlier than that, but it's really kind of in that time period because you were with, you did some stuff with Nike, but Oregon was also kind of, they've always been known for being obviously like a track school. And I don't know if that's parallel to Nike or whatever, but like you, for me, like it feels like you were there at this really cool time,
1: yeah. It was, uh, it was right when they started doing team sports yep. so that the, the schools that had the contracts with the, with Nike and different schools, uh, we were on the front edge of that. We had our own shoes made from, I mean, it, it was crazy. I mean, I could write just a book about just that. <laughs> yeah. It was wild.
0: No. Cause that's, that's exactly how I feel about it. It's like, and I actually, I was just showing one of my students the other day, me wearing the original Jordans while, oh, nice. while dunking, of course, you know, nice you know, back, back in the day when I could actually dunk. Um, yeah. but it's, but again, like it, like it had to feel like you were almost in the wild west of that world being like a, you know, I mean, you were a track star in the, in the middle of all this that was kind of going on, um, it had to be pretty
1: wild. It was, and uh, it, it, we're not recording right now, right? Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is this the show? Okay, yeah, we're cool. doing... <laughs> We're good. We're what good. the
0: hell? I, yeah, I forgot to say, by the way. I, started... I love it.
1: Now it's all good. So, you know, when I was a, I was going to play college basketball, that was my thing. Oh, wow. I was a basketball player, and that's what I was going to do. My my junior year of high school I had the most incredible race I've ever had in my life after quitting the basketball because of some abuse going on and I had this crate race and PR 14 seconds. Boom. Bill Dellinger gives me a full ride scholarship to the university of Oregon. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Okay. <laughs> and I, interesting. I, I told him, I said, Hey, I appreciate this. And this was on the spot. I said, Hey, I appreciate you uh, giving me this opportunity, but I'm a basketball player. And he said, you know what, son? You woke up a basketball player, but you're going to bed a runner. (laughs) And it was a cool moment in the sense that, you know, he almost manifested what I was going to become. Um, But unfortunately, I had to go back to high school for a fifth year because my basketball coach had put me and a bunch of other stars in remedial classes. And so I couldn't just, you know, skate on to a four-year university. During that fifth year, I was accused of a sex crime, which I did not, do, but I'll tell you I had a mental sentence of twenty thirty I still have issues with it I'm sure uh, because that label stuck with me and so yes to answer your question, I'm living in this candyland world of being this college athlete at Oregon as Oregon's just becoming more ingrained with Nike and Nike's using the Oregon platform to do what what they've done with team sports and at the same time Forrest Gump had come out and so <laughs> <laughs> coming out of coming out of that issue of or the the struggle I had, you know defending myself, yeah. which took every ounce of pennies that my entire family had. that's what started my life of curiosity. and so I, I don't think I would have appreciated the movie Forrest Gump had I not gone through what I had gone through, and I absolutely would not be where I am today had I not gone through that. Because that's what I was going to
0: say. Did that, that obviously made you like a stronger person and the curiosity to me, I assume, you know, led you to start the run faster foundation and now you and your wife are also real estate agents. And correct. and so like, that's what I, and, and you're, you're a two-time author. You have two books. Um, right. And, and so like, to me, it's like, it's really interesting like the the newest book's called the Long Run, and the the first one's called Think. Is it Think Big? I'm like trying think to find. Think Big, correct. Right. Um, and and I think that that curiosity for me, you know, as an outsider looking in, it really it's interesting to see all these different things that you're doing. That I think are are there's a give back component to it, obviously like you you want people to like learn from what you went through, but also to like enjoy like the cool parts that you went through and 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 to give back like again like the the and I know it's not no longer exists, but the the run faster um foundation it seems like there was a definite give back component to was it it was a, a non for profit was it not
1: it was okay. correct um yeah. Go ahead, and uh, I'm just pulling up a note here, okay, because uh, I there is something I wanted to talk about, yeah, my so I mean, everything happens for a reason. I think the the world the the entire universe is all built on these micro meetings, these micro conversations that build into something else so i'm I'm at work, I'm no longer a hundred and forty pound runner, I'm a two hundred and five pound a uh, computer geek working in the IT department, which I know nothing about computers, <laughs> by the way. And my cubicle mate said, hey, I heard you were a runner. You don't look like one, but my wife's training for a race. Would you coach her? I said, I'd be happy to. So I coach her. She beats her personal record in the marathon by a half hour, qualifies wow. for Boston. And I thought, wow, I can coach. And it was just that thought of I can coach I said to him, asking for a referral, which is the way I run my business now. I said, Hey, James, if you know of anyone who's looking to get coached, I'd I'd be happy to do it. Well, her best friends, they all ran this relay race and they asked me to coach them. Now there's 12 women. I thought I was going to get paid. I wasn't. James said I would coach them for free. And he said, Hey man, it's your it's your dumb luck that I am I'm really good at computers. Why don't I do a um why don't I build you a website? And I said, okay, well, how about that? That's fine. And so he built me a website in which I could have three pages I could have my, my advanced runners, my interme- intermediate runners, and my beginner runners. And from that, that is what started my business career. Wow. And it was through that that I got to coach these women. They ran this great race, they all had a good time. But it was him getting out of his own way and offering me something to say, I'm gonna build you this website. And that's how I met the gentleman that gave me a quarter million dollars. And it was in him. The way that happened is he would send me um, every month. He would pay ninety five dollars because he was on the gold plan. He was a big spender. And he said, Ben, and this is all email, by the way. We'd never, we'd never met. And he said, Ben, I, I don't want the the, you know, twenty minute phone call on Tuesdays. Give that to someone else, but I'm going to pay you what you what you're worth, ninety five dollars. And after a series of emails, he started getting curious with me, like why are you, Why are you doing this? Why do you want to coach people? I said, Well, I'm overweight. I want to get back into running, and I want to try for the two thousand four Olympic trials. And this is in nineteen ninety nine. The next month, he sends me a thousand dollars, and I emailed him and I said, You know, what is this for? So I want to I want to help you on your journey. This goes on for several months to the point where I in passing told my dad at dinner. My dad says, Ben, you gotta think about those God whispers. You gotta understand there's something bigger out there than just you. And so I said, okay. I sent him a copy of my pay stub, which he asked for. And uh, three days later, I got a registered letter in the mail that said, I've been Andrews, agree to accept, and it was exactly what I made to the penny at the credit union. By accepting this money, I will quit my job and train as hard and as smart as I can for the 2004 Olympic trials. And I will find a creative way to pay it forward to others throughout my lifetime. I get chills thinking about that again. And it was through that time that he helped me build upon my own curiosity. I said, I want to coach other people. And he said, well, why don't we do this in a bigger, bigger arena? The internet was just starting. And so I coached, uh, 2000 athletes in 37 different countries. Wow. Um, all online. And it was all systems, all processes. And it was at different stages of that business that he allowed me to read other books. He introduced me to other authors, the e myth, other different things to get my head into different space so that I could help others on a bigger scale.
0: Would you say but none of that? Well, I was just to say, would you say that that also, like, again, moving forward, helped you or inspired you to write the books?
1: No, okay, not at all. Okay. (laughs) Not at all. No, the book, the book is, um, my son was dealing with something in basketball. He was nine years old at the time and he couldn't, I, I say he couldn't understand what I was trying to explain to him. The truth is I couldn't explain to him on his level what I was trying to explain. Right. And so I thought, you know what? I'll just, I'll do a voice note. And I pulled out my iPhone and I just, I did a three minute voice note about it. Maybe he'll listen to it when he's 15. Next day I thought, you know what? I'm going to do another voice note for Henry. And I did another one and I did another one and another one. And I just started building this library of my life that I could share with him when I'm long gone. Right. And then I just started putting them together. uh, And and that's where the book came from.
0: And see that like, again, like to me, that's so wild, like different. I mean, there is, obviously that's your son. So it's different, but there's still a pay it forward sense to that. Like you were saying with, with, uh, the, the guy that basically helped you do the run faster stuff like that, that, that him helping you, but you paying it forward. So like you ended running at, um, at Oregon in 97, 97 and so, Then in 99 was the time where you were trying, you decided to start training for, for the 2004. Um, Correct.
1: And I ran for ASICs for one year after college. Right. And I was, you know, by myself, no team, just getting after it. Right. Uh, It was miserable. I didn't (laughs) love it anymore. And I realized I love running, but what I loved was the community. I loved Saturdays were fun. Saturdays we got to man up and see who's best. Yep. What I missed was the Sunday through Friday, the long run, the easy run. You know, there's, a, there's an adage about runners. When runners run, they talk about everything but running. <laughs> and then when you go have a lunch or a meal afterward, all you talk about is running. Mm-hmm. And that's what I missed, the companionship. Uh, and then it was 98 to 99 where I proved <laughs> to everybody that you can gain you know, 65 pounds real quick. <laughs>
0: yeah well it's i mean it's hard you know like I talked to a lot of professional athletes on on the podcast, and that that definition like you were probably defined as an athlete all your life right. as as I was, and that moment when it ends, there is that kind of who i who am I thing, and it is like it becomes you know, I definitely went through some mental health it was internally it never like manifested itself, but it, you know, like I didn't know who I was or where I was going. Like it, it seems like there was that moment for you, like after you graduated and maybe that year after you were done that you kind of like, I don't know. And then you got back into it, which is, I think is is inspiring because that's hard to do. Like when you take time off to actually go back, uh, that had to be kind of grueling. I assume
1: it was brutal. Yeah. Um, and, and there was a lot of mental health stuff for me. Yep. One, I had to, I was still dealing with my accusations. Yep. Um, my counselor, when I, when I finished my eligibility, my counselor said, Ben, you, you have 13 credits left. You don't want to end up like your dad in a factory.
0: Yep.
1: And I said, excuse me? I said, you know, my dad worked his ass off so he could help defend me at the biggest storm our family's ever had.
0: Yep.
1: And if you don't think he's worth anything, I'm, I'm done with school. Yep. And so I quit school with 13 credits to go because I was young and dumb, uh, foolish, <laughs> foolish. I made my point, but I was foolish, um, and I I did not finish school. So I had that going as well. Of this, it took you five years to get through high school. You got accused. You you couldn't graduate college on a sociology degree of all things, an athlete degree. Yeah. And I just had these things that I kept telling myself. You know, wh- whether you tell yourself you're good or not, y- you're right, because the mind can only conceive what you can do. Right. You you have to be kind to yourself. And I wasn't. I was constantly telling myself and I still battle with that stuff. You know, who who is Ben Andrews? Yeah, I'm a former athlete. I'm 48 years old now. Some days I wake up feeling like I'm that lion. I'm going to go out and take on the world. Uh, but that's not where I'm at anymore. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm a business person. I'm a friend. Um, so it's just the, the, the mind can play some big tricks on you. You got to be very cognizant of, you know, what you allow in and what you allow yourself to believe about yourself.
0: No, I, and it's, it's, that's like a lot about what we do with the abstract athlete is we're trying to, you know, show everybody and we work with, you know, former athletes or current athletes, and military veterans that are also creative because we're all creative people. That's why I think it's interesting right. with you. Your creativity is writing obviously like for me, it is maybe you have other, you know, maybe you play guitar as well. I have no idea, but that, that idea of your, no. your, you don't, well, we're going to learn, we're going to learn. Uh, but yeah. it, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it, I, we you know, it's, it's, It's comparable to like, you know, I'm air quoting the, the runner's high when you go out and run and you just disappear in that moment. Like you can sit down and whatever your creative activity is, it's finding that flow and just disappearing. And it's so good for us to like disappear. It's not, I don't know why, why we kind of resist that, particularly in the, in the United States, like creativity is like, unfortunately like shit on. Um, right. And it's weird to me, but like, I, I, I have these, I don't want to say arguments, but discussions with people where I'm like, I think art classes should not just be given. I think they should be mandatory, like science classes and like math classes. Like, why are we not promoting these things? Um, but it, it's just, yeah, it's just interesting. Like, cause again, like, you know, just going back to what you were saying about that, that time period about dealing with those things, like you obviously got You still think about stuff like I think we all have like our things that we will always carry with us, but you've found like these again, like outside looking in these multiple outlets, whether it's writing, whether it's working, you know, like you're very you and your wife are very successful real estate agents, like, you know, from what I've read. Um, And obviously, do you still coach um, running at all?
1: I don't. But. Yeah, I'm working on something though. My plan is in in two years, I'm going to create what that gentleman created for me on steroids, because I was a good runner. I was, a, you know, top twenty in the U.S. Yeah, I wasn't the guy, but
0: that's still like that's extraordinary. I mean, obviously, you want to be the guy. Like when you're at that position, like it's, ugh, but it's like I mean, top twenty, and then that's in. Incredible. It's hard to see the forest of the trees on that, but I know, you know.
1: (laughs) That's exactly it, right? Here I am, 48, and I still can't, (laughs) I can't accept the fact that top 20 in the United States is is incredible. Mm -hmm. I'm still dealing with that, right? So I have to accept the fact that that was pretty awesome. It wasn't maybe everything that I was uh, designed to be, but I was dealing with some other stuff that worked out. Uh however, him giving me that opportunity created new mind paths for me to travel down and pursue other things. And again, I would never be who I am today if it was not for him. Right. And my, my parents, of course, my brother, my wife, but he really set me on a journey of believing that the absolutely unfathomable is possible. Anything you can conceive, you can achieve. And yeah, I I would love someone to give me a quarter million dollars so I can quit my job and train for the Olympics. Okay, boom, that's on your lap. Go do it. You know what? Are you going to do with it? Um, And it wasn't. It wasn't so much. I I remember I was going to go on a long. I was going to go on this one race to kind of check where I was at. And I was talking to him on the phone. And I said, Yeah, I've got this race in two weeks. I'm really excited. And he goes, Well, what are you doing? What are you doing for yourself? And I said, Well, I don't understand what you mean. And he said, What are you doing for yourself? What are you building within yourself that you can give to someone else? And I said, I don't don't know what that means. And he goes, It'll come to you within a week. I promise you. And within a week, my former coach said, Hey, Ben, uh, I have this invitation to go into the Oregon State Penitentiary and I want you to go. And so I go into the Oregon State Penitentiary. I run with the inmates. I meet this guy who was guilty of a crime, arrested the same month that I was arrested. He was still in prison, Lived, grew up seven miles from me. I didn't know who he was, you know, when I was younger. And that was the day I realized you have Given yourself a mental sentence that this guy is actually living out. Yeah. And again, it was, this guy's investing not in Ben the runner, but in Ben the human being, because he was able to, you know, again, to your point, look through the forest, through the trees and say, but you need to do something bigger. And it was going into the prison repeatedly that helped me inch by inch by inch, see myself as someone who could give back and not someone who's just a take.
0: And, um- I was going to actually, that was the next question. I was going to ask you about that running with the inmates. And that was brought about by your coach Dylan Dellinger. Is that how you say his name? And that yeah, Dellinger. And cause I, there was something I read that you'd gone to his house and he didn't know you had done that or something. And you told him that right. you went running with them and he like just hugged you and said something to the effect of like, you don't know how important that is or something to that exactly. respect.
1: Yeah. he. When I was in college, he would almost beg us to go. It's like, you guys got to go. These guys are empty. They have, you guys have goals to be the best athlete you can be, one of the top in the, in the United States. These guys are hoping they don't get shanked. Yeah. They have nothing to live for. These guys are doing life sentences. They have nothing to live for. And, you know, I'm a big five love language guy. Time is a hard one for me because that's where I make money. That's time with my family. So giving that time up to give to somebody else is very admittedly, very hard for me. Uh, but I learned the lesson of time when I went in because those guys appreciated it. Like you could not, what
0: what was the, what was your coach? What was your coach's, um, relationship with that was he taken over there like how did he get involved pretty in pretty fascinating is okay pretty fast
1: so there's a guy Steve Prefontaine if you've heard of him famous yep. Yeah, runner yeah. yep um and because he was hounded in eugene he couldn't go on a run without you know neighborhood kids trailing him or people on bikes following him and he was a celebrity and so he would tell Dellinger hey I'm gonna and bowerman hey I'm gonna I'm gonna head up to Salem and just hit the trails where no one's going to expect me and his people would just sit outside of his trailer and wait for him to go run and ride his bike next to him. And so he started going up to Salem and he one day was running and he saw the fence line and he thought, you know what, if it wasn't for running, I'd be in there because he was a, he was a knucklehead. <laughs> and so he just on his run approached the warden the warden said, absolutely, come in. He goes, I'll come in under one condition. You don't tell anyone about this. Here's the crazy thing. He dies, and the warden calls the Ray and Alfred, his parents, the prefontaines, and says, the inmates have something for your family. And they're like, why? They said, well, because he would come up here every Wednesday. Wow. And they're like, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. So then the dad, Ray, who spoke better English than his wife, called Bill Denlinger and said, hey, what's this thing with the warden? And he's like, I have no idea, Ray. What are you talking about? Steve Prefontaine never told anyone that he was going up there. That's the beauty of that whole program yep. is that Steve was doing it because it meant something to him and, and more so he knew it would mean something for them.
0: That's and a movie in itself right there. Like isn't really not incredible. Yeah, no, it is like I, it's, I actually have, um, not to go off on a tangent, but a, a former student of mine that we're actually doing a documentary on dealt with a lot of, you know, he, he, he'll he tell you he was born in the wrong neighborhood. He was selling yeah. drugs when he was 11 to support his family, went to jail and now he's got a college degree in in art and he goes and works with inmates like creatively. Very very wow. similar kind of thing to what you're saying. And he doesn't really publicize it, but it's like it's, it goes back to that thing that you're talking about, like give back. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that. St- my God, like that's tr- that's like a 30 for 30 to be because people. It's so cool. Like I'm not I obviously don't know, you know, I pay attention to all sports and I know runners to some extent, but I know who he is. And, and that, like, that to me is like an ESPN 30 for 30. I mean, that's that thing that it's just like, wow, man, like that's, that changes people's lives. Like really, truly. I mean, yeah,
1: it's, it's pretty incredible. And when I was going in, you know, there were some guys that would say, you know, Hey, what size shoe do you wear? I'm, I'm, I'm a 13. And one guy just kind of shook his head and I said, well, you know, why is that an issue? He goes, cause you can't get me the shit. <laughs> and I said, what are you talking about? He goes, well, if you wear a 10, you can come in with an 11 and you can bring some stuff in, you know, from the outside yep. contraband. Yeah. And one of the guys overheard this and grabbed this guy and literally just drug him out of the area that we were at. And you could see him talking to him. And he was a new inmate. He had been there six weeks, but he was really liked by the ward and liked by a lot of the guards. So he he was allowed into this program. And he came back to me and he said, I wanna apologize to you for compromising everybody's enjoyment out here. And I promise you that I will never do that again. I said, okay. And I think it was in 2002, they gave out an award called runner of the year and they invited me to go to their awards program, which was super cool. And, um, I got runner of the year.
0: And <laughs> That's said, awesome.
1: Yeah. And they said it was because I gave that thing earlier that I said, I have a hard time giving, which is time.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and not that you come in and spend time with us. That wasn't the thing that, that resonated with them is that I would write notes and I would write letters to the different inmates that I got to know. And they said, it's one thing to come in here, spend time with us so that you can go home and tell your friends about it. It's another when you spend time out of your day outside to connect with us inside. And that was, to this day, it's the coolest trophy that I have.
0: I I mean, uh, I like literally, I mean, have you ever... Thought about like putting a film together in regards to
1: all this. Oh, Was you're it, you're my guy, man. You're my guy. We're okay. gonna
0: do it. <laughs> I got it. I have a filmmaker. I do. I really do. Okay. Um, it's. I mean, it's really. I don't want to use the word touching, but it's like really touching. Like it's it's yeah. it's very um. Like I don't know. Like it's 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 pretty intense to like imagine. Like really how, and I, and I love that accountability that that guy took that other guy outside and it's like, right. don't fuck this up for the rest of us. Like, right. we, we actually, this, this is meaningful. And, right. and and so it's, I don't know, like there's, there's something there that we'll keep talking about. Cause I do, I think that there's, I don't know. I think there's a documentary in there.
1: Um, yeah. And you I'm, know, the guy that I became really good friends with inside uh, Kelly, he's a, he's to this day, he's a great friend of mine the way I met him is he lost his race and, and, you know, we became friends writing all the time, collect calls all the time. And when he got out, I got him a job. Uh, he got out two years early because of something that we had set up for him. And a lot of my friends were like, are you afraid? I said, well, no, it's just my friend Kelly's been living in Salem and now he's not. That's, (laughs) that's it. And I remember walking down the street with him one time And we were walking into Starbucks and he opened the door for someone. Guy didn't say anything, just walked through and he reached out to grab the guy. And I I said, what are you doing, man? He goes, he didn't show me any respect. I said, well, welcome (laughs) to life on the outside. (laughs) And his eyes got so big. He said, are you kidding me? I said, oh no. He goes, a guy wouldn't last an hour inside with that kind of attitude. And it was really beautiful to watch Kelly undo 15 years of institution yeah. and to become this gentle person that he is today. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, yeah, it's – that whole program is is incredible.
0: Do you still have attachments to it? Uh,
1: I haven't gone in in quite some time. Uh, COVID changed a lot as yeah. well. Uh, but they're having a race, uh, I believe, in November that I'm going to go to. Cool it's awesome yeah so if you're up for it man come on out uh, love that's a up.
0: whole in november i actually um i might i'm might be out west in november okay. um but i'm i'm all the way on this east coast sweating although today's okay. beautiful today
1: um yeah
0: The Abstract Athlete is sponsored by and in partnership with Begin Again Toys. Begin Again Toys is an eco-friendly and educational toy company focused on sustainable ways to explore and play with a goal to inspire children with stories of innovation, adventure, and good old-fashioned fun. For more information, visit beginagaintoys.com. So I'm, I'm curious, like, in terms... of of, of the books. So like how, you know, like, you wrote the first one that came out
1: five years ago,
0: six. I don't even, uh, no,
1: that was that came out. Um, I, st- we started the process in early 2020.
0: Okay. And, four, it's, and I have two. a
1: chapter in it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I have a
1: chapter. It. Okay. And I've been working on my book since 2019. Okay. And again, back to that that mental piece. Yep. Had I not been a part of this other book, I don't think my book would be completed, but it was just that piece of I'm in print now. I I am not.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. The imposter syndrome sets in way more than it should. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I've got the book done now and I'm, I'm trying to uh, turn this into a speaking career. And I think I have a beautiful message of, uh, forgiveness. I think that starts with yourself. Yeah. Uh, writing a book is the best therapy I've ever paid for. It's really helped me work through some stuff. And I think more than anything, appreciate people in my life that I didn't appreciate enough. If that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, no, Uh, absolutely. I, I, absolutely. I think a lot of people go through that. It's yeah.
1: and again, you know, I, like, uh, like with Queen Elizabeth dying yesterday,
0: yeah.
1: it is the first time, like my, mom's, my mom is going to Europe in two weeks. She changed her flight. She's leaving Wednesday. Like she oh, wow. wants to be over there, a part of everything. Um, and I, I asked her, I said, well, why is that? She's Queen of England, <laughs> one of the most powerful women in the world. And hearing her, and my mom's not like this, you know, crazy liberal woman. And she's not a crazy Republican either. She's super <laughs> middle of the road. She's awesome. She's awesome. But hearing her talk about Charles is going to be the man now. It was the first time that I really have appreciated or, or yeah, appreciated the woman's, uh, of affliction of another woman, right? Like in power, yep. because, you know, every day I walk into a room and I'm, one of a lot of white guys and I have a lot of black African-American friends that walk in and they're not. Yep. And it's the first time. And it's interesting that in someone's death, their life can become poignant for me. And I, I look at all of these things a little differently today than I did yesterday.
0: And it's, I know it's, it's interesting. Cause I, you know, like I know conservative leaning people that cried women this is that cried when you know we had had a female vice president for for the right. because because it's it is a change and and it's yeah. and, and and whether you're again like liberal or or conservative leaning that moment when when your sex takes an office for the first time obviously a, a, a woman I think it's, it's, it's groundbreaking and it's important. And so like, I I understand like what your mom's talking about. Um, I mean, I, like, I think it's, I I still think it's weird that we live in a world where there's still Kings and Queens. I mean, that's still like, I I mean, I can't, I can't still wrap my head around those things, but I mean, I said this, like when, when Russia invaded the Ukraine, like, and I know this is like naive to say, but it's like, I was kind of like I can't believe countries are still attacking country like it just right. I can't wrap my head around certain things that are antiquated systems to me but they're really not they're like you know like if you think I mean I was just talking to a student yesterday just about how far we've moved technologically in just the last 20 years and but then you think I mean my god the second world war was only 70 years ago I mean, that's, I insane. that's insane to me. I mean, yeah. Or 80, I guess it was 80 years ago, but it's just like, it's crazy You're to me. You're aging yourself. I man. know. <laughs> but it's just like, <laughs> like certain things to me, like don't make sense still. And, and right. I, I, you know, cause I, like you said, like the, the queen thing, and you know, it was just like, I, it just, it, and, and not to say that like she didn't do amazing things for humanity and and but it's just like i just i'm i'm part of this i can't believe people are just born and they're <laughs> given yeah. like the keys to the kingdom it's just king literally yeah. Yeah. literally given king yeah. but not i mean it's so like thinking about the the book idea is it is it something where do you see other books in the future like i you know when you were talking about the notes that you wrote to inmates like that to me is like a book there too. Like, are you, do you see other books in the
1: future here? You know, I, with Kelly in particular, he and I have talked about this. I have every letter that he wrote me and there's, I mean, hundreds. Yeah. Uh, And every letter that I wrote to him, I photocopied. And so I have this conversation, seven year conversation and I've thought about that. Um, But no, I think this is my story. And I think my, my plight now is to uh, inspire people to live a bigger, deeper, better life and, and try to impact and influence other people on their journey, whatever that is. I, you know, I'm, I'm not a multimillionaire like the guy that gave me my money, but or I shouldn't say gave me his money, but I, I carry around a hundred bucks a day or every week I put five $20 bills on my wallet. 5200 bucks. Uh, it's not a tax write-off. And it's for me to give away. And I look for moments. And that can be five people that I give 20 to. It can be one person that I give 100 to. And the way this started was in 2015, uh, the gentleman who gave me the money, we still communicated quite a bit. And I'm coached by a company named Buffini & Company. They're the largest business coaching company in North America. And they did a video on me, and it showed kind of my rags to riches story from 2011 and the the recession, trying to, you know, bring myself out of that. And I did it with their help. We talked on the phone one day, and he said, Ben, this is the last time we're ever going to talk. And I said, well, are are you sick? What's going on? He goes, nope. You have come full circle. I helped you get started. You hit rock bottom, and you dug yourself out. So now it's your turn to truly live our contract and find a creative way to pay it forward to someone else. Wow! So the next day, I was walking to Great Harvest Bread in the parking lot of my office structure, eight thirty a.m., and there was a young black kid, cornrows, sagging pants, had the chip on a shoulder attitude, and. My thing is I always try to get eye contact with someone and say good morning or say hello, whatever. And I saw him and we crossed paths and I said, good morning. And how are you today? He says, I just kind of shouted at me. And I said, what'd you say? He said, I said, all right, man. Stood there and this kid's walking, he's strutting. And I just said to him, man, I hope you have a good day. And he turned around and go, what's your fucking deal? What's your fucking deal, man? And I just kind of shrugged. I said, Well, I almost cry retelling the story. And I said, You know, I hope you don't take that attitude to work with you today. And he said, Well, I got a job interview today, man. Said, so now I know he doesn't have a job. Oh. And I, I didn't ask where it was. I just said, is, is that what you're going to wear? And is that the attitude you're going to take with you? He's man, fuck you. I said, you didn't answer my question. Then I'll go fuck myself. <laughs> he goes, he looks down and without any attitude, a tear came out of his eye and he said, man, this is the best stuff I've got. And I said, well, Where's your interview at? And he points down the road. He goes, It's it's down there at Verizon. I said, All right, let's let's walk over here to Target. We're gonna hook you up. So we walked over to Target. We got him black pants, white shirt, red pen, red belt. He he looked like a Verizon guy. (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) And I had $114 in my wallet, it was $106, got shoes. And I gave him the money and he said, well, that's what startled him. He goes, what are you doing? I said, this is your money. I said, I'm not buying these clothes. I'm giving you $106. It's up to you if you want to go hustle, you want to go spend it on whatever you want, or you can invest it in today. It's your choice. He goes, I I have no way to pay you back. And I said, I'm going to write my number down and I want you to let me know today how you felt at the interview. That's all I ask of you. That's the payback. I walked down to Verizon. I said, "I've got eight lines with you guys today. You got a kid coming in here at 11:30 for an interview. Yep, I know. If he doesn't get these eight, if he doesn't get the job today, I'm taking these eight lines and I'm running to Sprint or somewhere else." And they said, "Why?" And I said, "Because his kid needs a chance." And so, I don't. I never want you to tell him. That I came in here, but if he doesn't get this job, you lost me as a customer. Kid texts me at 3.55, 4 o'clock. He said, I think I did a good job. And I said, that wasn't the assignment. And he texts me back and he said, I felt like somebody today. Thank you. And about three weeks later, I got a text message with him fanning a bunch of $20 bills in the air because he got his first paycheck. Yeah. And that kid today, seven years later, still works at that Verizon and is the manager and doesn't know, unless he listens to this, what I did.
0: And he doesn't need to like that, like that goes to that, that, that's, there's your full circle to me. Like, this is, this is um, the, the guy that went to, I'm totally flaking on his name now that went to the prison to run that, that that is, that is your like it's i i mean the 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 part to me like thank you for telling that for one because you yeah. probably don't tell that a lot um i think we don't celebrate the good things that people do in the world i've had this conversation a lot with people um and we we always just want to look for the bad you know And so, like, hearing stories like that that are, like, empowering and giving people the chance to empower themselves, like, that's – it's just important. Like, I I always say this, you know, it's like – you know, I'm I'm using professional athletes as an example because we put them on pedestals. But, like, LeBron James, that dude does so many good things in the world that we just don't talk about. Like, I think he's going to be more impactful off the court than he is on – and I just don't understand why. Like, we just want to find these cracks with him. And it's like, why don't we talk about this school he started where he's given right. hundreds, hundreds of college scholarships to kids? You know, and, and maybe
1: they, yeah. and a, a, a van service to pick them up. Yep. It makes you look at how small someone like Michael Jordan's vision is. Yep. And it makes you nauseated at his brand is the swoosh. His yep. brand is the jump man, yep. but what has he done for humanity? Yep. He probably does stuff and maybe he's a private guy that doesn't care to get accolades for it, but I think he's just pushing his money around. Whereas you're right. Someone like LeBron's actually putting his name to something. Yep. That's a big deal.
0: It is. And I think like, again, like you changed that
1: kid's life. Um, yeah, you and- know, I heard a, I heard a thing a couple of weeks ago. Speaking of athletes and and just life in general, where 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 you said you know we're we're so focused on the negativity. We are wired today in our society where seventy percent of our thoughts are negative. Yep, seventy percent. And they did a study where when you when you dream, you can have like a five minute or a five day dream and it's between seven and 14 seconds. And so what that means is most dreams are subconscious where you don't even remember the dream, but because you're constantly talking negatively to yourself because of the rapidness of a dream where you can have a five day period of a dream in a seven to 15 seconds, that those negative thoughts were actually and I'm not describing this well, but we're actually negatively talking to ourselves more than 24 hours a day, yep. in in the subconscious. And I have alarms on my watch that that go off. I just have one go off at 10:45. I have one go every 15 minutes, and it's just a, it's a reminder. And if I look at it, it just says, "Talk to yourself." And I just say something. <laughs> you know. I do
0: the same damn thing. I have it in my yeah. phone. <laughs> I literally have it in my phone on my calendar every day it's, it's, it's a calendar reminder. It just says smile. And I have have another one that says, I have another one that says head up. Um, and it's just, it, it, you know, like I half the time I don't even look at it, but I know what it is. And I'm a very optimistic person and positive and, and I'm, you know, like, I don't think there's a lot of people like that in the world. And it's like Mm -hmm. when anybody asks me how I'm doing, even if I'm having a bad day, always 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 say i'm awesome because i could i i know that i i i have willpower and i like i can bring myself out of anything whatever but somebody else might be having a shitty day and when you say you're awesome first of all it's it's alarming (laughs) to say you're awesome yeah it is it really is (laughs) but it's like their reaction and maybe that changes the way that they look at shit and that to me it's like i'm you know projecting outwards and that it's important to me like to like project that positivity and optimistic feelings because it's like again like I do think we are like you were talking about that and the negative thoughts and like and it feels like there is like this you know the last you know I don't want to go 20 years, but like the last couple of years, especially with COVID has been like this downward spiral of like mental health, which is, it's hard to, to see. And again, like that's part of what we're trying to do is like, you know, like bring optimism and positivity and like showing that physical exercise and creative exercises are good for our health and mental health. And, but it's just, it's trying to, uh, you know, like to show these things,
1: right? Because um, yeah, I, I, don't know. I, I yesterday on my Instagram story, uh, I always periodically will post uh, my five minute journal quote at the top, and yesterday's was daily challenge. Look in the mirror and say out loud, tell yourself out loud that you love yourself. Yep. That I love you, right? And I posted that, and I had fifteen people message me say I couldn't do it. Why I didn't know I was in this kind of a headspace. I couldn't do that. And I I had a race one time in college where this kid, he's getting ready to run. And I overheard his coach tell him, talk yourself into it. And I said, so I walked over, I listened a little closer. And the kid's telling me like, they're not me. He's telling his coach like, well, that guy's run this fast. That guy's run this fast. And he just starts naming them off. And and the coach said, again, I'm going to tell you again, talk yourself into it. And so I pulled this kid aside and I said, Hey man, first race, he goes, yeah, I'm scared to death. I said, let me tell you something. I just warmed up with these six guys you just mentioned. The only one you got to worry about is me, because I'm going to kick your ass, (laughs) but I'm going to tell you this guy over here, he's got 102 temperature. This guy here has got a sore hamstring, so he doesn't have a kick. This kid came in second place. And I, he came up to me after the race, like, Hey man, good run. You're the only guy that that I couldn't get today, and I said, "You know what? All that bullshit I told you before the race was all a lie." He said, "You're kidding me? Why'd you do that?" I said, "So you had a great race, but I didn't have to worry about you beating me because I had you beat before we even blew the gun, right?" So, um, you, you, you can talk yourself into anything, and you can also talk yourself out of a lot.
0: Yep. Oh, I, I, I absolutely. I if th- that's when I talk to student athletes that I teach here, I always, you know, I try to get them to do creative things before they have practice or a game to see like the benefits of kind of calming your mind and clearing your mind. Cause the yeah. the worst thing you can do as an athlete is think, I mean, it truly, I mean, Absolutely. I was a baseball player and I know I destroyed myself cause I'd go to the, you know, it's like that bold right. arm thing where you're thinking, yeah. you know, and then you get tight and like, just that slightest, you know, like as a runner, it's like, you don't want to be tight. You want to be, you want all no. parts of your body just like, oh, you know, jiggling. Yeah. And, and it's, but it's like, we just get in our way. I, I always, I've told this story before. Like I remember, I think it was in junior high or maybe it was high school. I can't even remember what, but we were playing a basketball game and this kid on our team, we were down, down by one or tied. I'm botch, butchering this story and he got fouled. And the coach, our coach called a timeout, we're in the huddle and the kid looks at everybody. He's like, I'm scared. And we're like, you know, nobody said anything, but in our heads, like, well, he's not making these like, right. you know, and I'll <laughs> never forget that because it's like, you're, you are, you just talked yourself out and he was a, a great shooter, but you just talked yourself out of that. And, and it's right. like, it, again, it goes back to that optimism and positive you know reinforcement or whatever. Like it's, I don't know. It's just in, it's interesting what the mind can do.
1: It really is. Yeah. You know when when we had fifteen runs a week, we had six doubles, and then on Sundays we would run uh, just one run. And there were Tuesday workout, Thursday workout, and Saturday workout where our coach would have us do a very specific warm up. And whatever that was to us, right? Like it was strides, it was whatever. But he had us do very specific things. And it wasn't until year two two or three that I asked him, like, coach, why do we do this on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays? He goes, because you're telling your body, you're telling your mind to tell your body to get ready. This is going to be a harder effort than just practice. But we can't do it every day because our adrenal levels are going to get shot but he said every single to your point every single day you have to do a routine to get your mind to tell your body it's go time
0: yep
1: and i do that with work if i go to a buyer presentation i have a very specific thing that i do before that and it's completely different than when i go speak to a seller when i speak to a realtor there's a very specific thing that i do before i call them back because i want to be sharp and you know i'll have realtors at the end of a conversation like how did you just negotiate that? This is what I do. He goes, well, this is what I do too. No, no, no. You're a realtor. I'm a negotiator. Big difference, buddy. Yep. So, <laughs> well, yeah. So.
0: Well, like I'm, I'm curious. Like you, this is like you know. We'll start wrapping up this conversation, but I, I always like one of the things I always like to know is like it's and it's sometimes hard. Like a projection for the future. Like you still have, obviously, like your real estate agent, but you have talked about wanting to be like a professional speaker, you know, like a. Mo- I don't, is it motivational speaker? Would, would that like,
1: yeah, I would say motivational speaker, uh, personal development, right. personal growth. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and so like for you, like, and maybe there's another book in the future. I mean, you know, like I, I think you have like a lot of content or, like, around you. Um, sure. But like, what, what do you see? Like, going down the road I'm in and, and coaching. Like, have, have you thought about going back in th- to coach? Like, so like, yeah. So we have, a, we have a
1: nonprofit. Yeah. So, um, I think in five years, I'm going to be a, a very three years, very, very, very sought after corporate speaker, corporate events. Um, you know, make an X amount of dollars, but taking X amount of my X amount, and putting it into my nonprofit. We have a couple of them. One's Heart and Soul Shoes, where for every referral, every buyer, every seller, we give a pair of shoes to kids in our community. We live in a pretty affluent community. uh, And these are focused towards kids that are in foster care. Uh, Usually those kids are just taken with what they have. Shoes are the last of it. And shoes are a commodity now. It's their, it's your social worth. So we, we get them a nice pair of kicks that they can walk around school with. The other thing I'm going to do is we have some rental properties. I'm going to take one or two, hopefully three, turn them into athlete housing. And I'm going to take athletes that are very similar to my level where they're, they're on the cusp of becoming the top and they will live there for free and they will get to pursue their dream uh, without the worry of, work, which is what I was able to do.
0: Wow. Now that's a—I mean, that's a lot in a, in a cool way, man. Yeah. I mean, really, truly, yeah. like there's, there's a lot to unpack there. And I, you know, I think one of the things f- that I've gotten from this conversation is like, you're really motivated and very like focused on, on, I think what you're doing and where, like where you're going. And, and it's interesting, like for me, like to think about it from that runner's perspective, you know, like that sounds corny as shit to think, to say that, but it like, there's, there's something about like as a runner, like a starting and fin, you know, like you, you know, the direction you're going and it feels very, very direct to me, like in, in, in your process. And I'm, and again, I'm sure that that's, that changes and has changed a lot, but it, it's, it's really cool to like well, inspiring in a lot of ways.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And it, it, it's more to do with years of telling myself I can't, yep. um, you know, every year I do something that I've never done before. One was, I'm going to run a half Ironman. I don't know how to swim. Well, <laughs> better learn how if you're going to swim in Oceanside, California ocean. I did it. And you, you, you do those things and you become calloused to the point where, within reason, I don't think there's anything I can't do if it's for the betterment of me and it's, it's going to benefit someone else. Brian Buffini, my mentor, he says, Ben, I, I never do one thing unless it has a secondary benefit for someone else. So it's going to benefit me greatly, but I'm going to take that and then it's going to bless somebody else.
0: No, nah, dude, like, that, that, it's just killer to me. I mean, it, it like, yeah. I I really, and I'm not joking. Like, I um, I, I'm gonna talk to our filmmaker today. As a matter of fact, um, I'm gonna mention to him about that because I do think that the the story of the penitentiary, because there there's something really impactful about that. And again, even though like it was not known. I think that's one of those stories that I think this, I don't know, like that's a personal opinion. I just think needs to be yeah. told. Um, I I wanted to add, I just had an ultra marathoner on, on uh, the podcast no, no. that'll be out. No, he's crazy. No, yeah. she, it's a, she actually That she. And yes, yes, no, I, no. I agree. I, I, I not crazy, but I, I, it, I can't wrap my head around that stuff. I can't, no, I can't wrap. And then I wanted to ask you two other, I've had, uh, a distance runner that's actually um, a fairly well-known folk musician um, named Ellis Paul. Do you ever? Do you yeah. Remember, do you remember? Oh, yeah, I had him, Yeah, I had him on recently. And and uh, that's I, cool. Again, like I I love for me. What's interesting is like hearing your story, thinking about his story, and how like you do different things, but there's still there's like this this thread that goes through. All of us that were kind of competitive athletes, I think that there's, we, ha- we have a different way about going about things, I think, um, which I think right. is actually Absolutely. really important.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's fascinating to look at the different type of athlete, yep. right? The ones that were in team sports, the ones who were more of an isolated sport. Um, I have a friend that's a tennis player. It's hard to play tennis by yourself. <laughs> And (laughs) that wall, that wall
0: never loses.
1: (laughs) right. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But the different paths that some of these athletes have gone on, I look at mine, like I really wanted to do um, like plays in school and my thespian teacher hated me. So he kicked me out of class. There certainly wasn't going to be in a play. And I look at now I've written this book. I look at wow, Mr. Lesh, you missed out because now I get to do a one man act on stage with a keynote with a captive audience. And he and I have since made up. So I'll invite him. It's interesting.
0: I mean, like that that is like, you know, that that you know, teachers are supposed to be the ones that inspire us and push us forward to have that kind of roadblock. And yet you knocked it down. And the fact that you are now, you know, like have made up for his, in a sense. I right. um, I think it's One of the it's important for him.
1: Like, sure. Yeah, my, my mom uh, showed up at parent teacher conferences my freshman year and <laughs> he said, "Oh, Mrs. Andrews, I was hoping you would show up tonight." And she goes, "Great. How's Ben doing?" He goes, "You know, Ben thinks much 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 too highly of himself." <laughs> he said, "Well, great. I appreciate you letting me know that and confirming it we've been working really hard on that for fourteen years. Thank you, and left um, and then, when I was working at Nordstrom one summer, there was a special needs woman that would come in all the time, and I would always get her to the shoehorn so she could play with the shoehorn and she really liked the Nordstrom tomato soup, so I'd get her some tomato soup, and she was a janitor there and one day she said, "You know, in the way she spoke, I'm so excited. It was very broken, but we're so excited for you to meet my family. They're coming to pick me up. Her dad was Mr. Lesh. Oh, And he wow. said, he said, well, Ben, wow. I am, I'm so sorry. And I said, well, this is our moment to make up. It's not a big deal. And you know, he and I communicate a lot to this day. We're Facebook friends of all things, you know, and, wow. um, that is, he, he's, he,
0: I mean, that is like the ultimate karma. I mean,
1: Oh like, yeah. Really true. Like it. that's, I saw um, him walking. I'm like, Oh yeah, here we go. baby. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you know, he, and he, he remembered what my mom said. He said, you know, had you not had the self-assurance you, you know, a lot of people don't talk to my daughter because they're afraid of what their friends are going to say. Yep. So the fact yep. that you were, you know, I was completely wrong about you. And I said, well, no, I was a little bit of a knucklehead too, but, um, I'm glad we made up and yeah, yeah. it's, it's got to make the world turn.
0: Yeah. Well, oh. and I also wanted to ask you, do you remember a guy named Bob Kennedy?
1: Um, oh yeah. Yeah. He's from yep.
0: uh, a town right now near where I grew up. I rem- okay. always remember like he was the, he was like the chosen was one. The from, guy. Yeah. yeah. He was
1: amazing. Cause
0: that was, that would have been the same distances as you. Right.
1: No, uh, he was a little further distance. Oh, were
0: they? Okay. Oh, maybe yeah. he did do 10,000.
1: Yeah, I five remember, and 10.
0: Yeah, God. So now, I, you know, I really, I, for me again, like this is, it's always cool to meet cool people. And I, I yeah. think your your story and and it's not done. Like, I think like really, like, I think that's, there's this evolution that I keep hearing, like that it's just like, it's still going outward, like, which is, really cool to me like to like to hear this stuff and i'm glad cast um caston's given like introduced me to so she's many awesome oh my god dude like she's just the she's best incredible. and and she's just introduced me to a, a bunch of people and and so always the last question i have is i always either write new music for each episode of the podcast or if you have any wow. friends that are musicians um that would want to donate feel free to to um ask and then send a send a track my way but what if not what kind of music do you like like what kind of
1: i'm uh michael jackson's my guy
0: okay
1: <laughs> like I, so probably because i was such an awkward teenager and i could do the billy jean dance okay. so oh shit at the, oh, at the shit. school dances that was yeah. the you know i would go out do that and then leave and people oh my gosh that was amazing <laughs> uh, but nowadays it's uh stevie wonder and john mayer okay. i love a okay bass guitar
0: B. okay all right. And yeah. then I, I I did want to ask, like, I know you like did you get to the trials of the Olympics in two thousand four?
1: I qualified, but in two thousand four I had a hip flexor pulled oh. probably eight, nine weeks out and it just wasn't gonna happen. Yeah. So uh and I, I finally met my guy that gave me the money after the trials and I, you know, walked up to him meeting him for the first time and we've had this five year relationship. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he said, Ben, you're such a more incredible person than you were when I met you five years ago. That's what this was about.
0: Yep. God, that like that, that is like another, crazy. that's like a movie dude. Like I, like again, crazy. Like, you're like, you're like living in a movie. It's crazy to me. So
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think my book will be a movie. I, I truly do. Just got to get
0: in the right hand. I'm just my, my filmmaker guy's calling me right now. Um, but dude, I like, I, um, I'll say, you know, I'll, I'll clip out a couple, uh, things and send send some images for, for promo, like for you to, to, um, share and stuff. It'll be out in a couple weeks, but I do look forward to like, um, staying in touch with you. Like, I always mention this to people I have on, because one of the things that my business partner and I have done with, like, we, um we bought land in Montana. There's nothing on it right now. It's just land. But the idea is to start an artist athlete residency there and, you know, do workshops and different stuff like that. And, and again, like I, I think so many, maybe all the guests I've had on like are candidates to do stuff like that. Because again, like your story is inspiring. Like, I think like the fact that you have like this public speaking ability in you, like, it's very much like a teacher, and I think that there's mm-hmm. a lot of lessons that I think that are there that I think, you know, so in the future, like, I think there's, there's definitely collaborations that, you know, that we can do with you and, and different stuff. I'd love um, it. So, but I'd I, but again, man, I like, it was just, it, we're going to stay in touch because I do, I, I awesome. film, film stuff's out there, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, man. We'll have a well, great day and go sell lot. lots of houses. I will, I'll try. <laughs> All right, brother. Thank Take you so care. much. All right, bye. All goodbye. Right. Really fascinating talking with Ben on the podcast today. Such a humble, introspective guy. Has had such an interesting and really sometimes intense life. Really think uh, he is so driven and focused on what he wants to accomplish. Uh, we, we will see. Hopefully, maybe we'll get to make a film someday. Again, make sure to follow Ben on Instagram at benandrewsor and stop by his website, benandrews.com. And again, make sure to go pick up his new book, The Long Run. Remember to stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com and beginagintoys.com for new product information and news And do not forget to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and the Abstract Veterans Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. We will see you next week. And as always, do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there.